This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the program. I'm Sterling Fox. In just a few minutes, you'll meet Alan McCurney from Skynet Wireless, who'll join us to talk about everything cellular and to take your calls, too. But first, here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. And the good news about our economy that arrived a couple of days ago is our top story this week, as it should be. Canada's economy posted another quarter of gangbusters growth, expanding at an annualized rate of 4.5%. That was way above economists' consensus forecast of 3.7% for April to June. The result, which comes after a robust first quarter, marks Canada's fastest growth in the first six months of a calendar year in 15 years. The numbers show broad-based growth driven by household spending and exports, particularly in the energy sector. Consumer spending right now is backed by rising household income on the back of healthy job gains, say market analysts. Families appear to have room to both spend and save a little more, with household savings rate raising a notch to 4.6% from 4.3%. Statistics Canada showed wage growth accelerating at 2.7% year-to-year in June, the fastest pace in two years. In fact, the economy's overall growth in June was also ahead of the forecast. 14 out of 20 major industries expanded during the month, with the goods-producing side of the economy leading the way. Now, the other side of this good news coin is the banks, all of them, all note the strong results make the chance of another interest rate increase by the Bank of Canada this fall very likely. The only question remaining seems to be when. It could happen as early as this coming Wednesday, but most experts believe the next rate hike will come next month on October 25th. The long-awaited new iPhone will be introduced a week from Tuesday, the 12th of September, a day in which a number of Apple announcements will be made. First, there are three new phones to be revealed, plus a new higher-capacity TV set top box and a new version of the Apple Watch with more connectivity will also be part of the announcement with edge-to-edge screens. The new phones, by the way, more awaited, the the most awaited part of the announcement with those edge-to-edge screens, improved cameras, and 3D facial recognition software among the many new features expected the iphone is apple's most important product making up for two-thirds of sales apple had about 15 percent of the cell phone market in the first quarter of the year behind samsung with 23 the new samsung phones are also making waves in the marketplace and our guest this afternoon will have lots to say about both in just a couple of minutes what happens to home improvement products shoppers return Turn or ship back to stores or Amazon.com. Retailers won't risk that a product could be abused or missing a part, so instead they'll sell them to people like Jimmy Vosica at 15 to 30 cents on the dollar. Jimmy founded the TV parts and accessories site ShopJimmy.com after friends at a national retailer persuaded him to buy some of their return goods. He then opened an outlet store three years ago, and from a start in a 1,500 square foot space, that retail store now takes up 
50,000 square feet. Contractors, remodelers, flippers, DIYers, and cheapskates are frequent customers for products that were sold and returned to companies like Amazon, Home Depot, Target, and Walmart. The amount of goods that consumers are returning has become so large that entrepreneurs are buying them to resell at a profit. One of the problems with buying retailers' returns is condition. Wholesale buyers sometimes know what is in their shipment, but they're clueless about whether electrical or mechanical equipment functions properly, and consumers won't usually take a chance on electrical item, even at 50% off, without a money-back guarantee. Nearly 30% of purchases made online are returned, according to worldwide business research. That's triple the return rate for items purchased in stores. Consumers are realizing that shopping liquidation can be a better deal in physical stores than online. People assume that buying on the Internet is always a better value than what you can get in stores, says Jimmy, and that is so far from the truth. There is so much more product available to us resellers now that we can be more selective and more creative. And customers don't have to take his word that liquidation prices are lower. He often sees them using their smartphones to compare his prices with other retailers and in fact says we expect it well here's a story we've all known about for a while so it's more of a confirmation than anything else new research presented on tuesday at the european society of cardiology suggests that various sleep disturbances are connected to ischemic heart disease and stroke also known as coronary heart disease or coronary artery disease, ischemic heart disease refers to heart problems caused by narrowing heart arteries. Poor sleep is associated with cardiovascular diseases like ischemic heart disease and stroke. But the kind of sleep disturbances that are most risky is not well documented, said the documented rather, said the lead researcher in Japan. The team found that 52% of patients with ischemic heart disease and 48% percent of stroke patients suffer from poor sleep. After their analysis, they also found that poor sleep quality, low sleep efficiency, and the use of sleeping pills were significantly associated with both ischemic heart disease and stroke. Difficulty maintaining sleep, short sleep duration, and daytime dysfunction were only associated with ischemic heart disease. The scientists concluded, our results support the hypothesis that sleep deterioration may lead to cardiovascular disease. Poor sleep in patients with ischemic heart disease may be characterized by shorter sleep and brief moments of waking up. There are just never enough good things to say about the value of a good night's sleep. And here's a story that can make you pretty uncomfortable pretty quickly. Key cards may be a convenient way for hotels to issue room keys, but a bug in one popular model made it conveniently to electronically pick the locks. An override code to open doors was programmed into the locks, making them easy to open after a quick shopping trip to an electronic store. One guy took advantage of this bug and used it to gain access to rooms across the country, stealing stuff from hotels and guests alike. Turns out millions of electronic locks in hotels have an easily exploitable flaw, but the manufacturer has no way to push an update out to all of them. Years after the flaw was discovered, discovered, many of them still haven't been fixed. The man in Arizona had learned about this from a TV news item. 
So the first time he gained access to a room using his door-opening gadget from the electronics store, he stole some towels and pillows. Eventually, he moved on to stealing TVs as well as guest stuff. Police and hotels were mystified, couldn't figure it out. He began emptying hotel rooms during the day, at first unbolting and removing hotel-owned TVs, but eventually making off with customers' electronics, jewelry, and entire suitcases. I mean, who looks twice at a person wheeling a suitcase down a hotel hallway? Meanwhile, the meanway, me, maker rather of the popular door lock model, a company called Onity, began to take the threat seriously and realized that it needed to pay for some kind of fix and began sending plugs for the data ports on each door. Well, a hotel hacker then figured out how to remove the lock's cover, get rid of the plastic piece blocking his access, and Bob's your uncle, he was right back at it. He was eventually caught pleading guilty to three of what he claims are at least a hundred hotel burglaries. He got nine years. Five years after his spree began, though, there are still exploitable onity locks around. If you see an open port that looks like it could take a DC power plug in your hotel room door... Maybe take your valuables in your room with you or lock them in a safe. Onity, the lockmaker, put the expense on hotels to use the lock that use the lock instead of paying for the fix itself. Now, re, uh, replacing the relevant part in each lock only costs 25 bucks, but there are tens of millions of them out there. As a result, there are still plenty of exploitable locks around. So just remember this next time you check in, watch your back or your bags at least. Those are some of the stories we're following this week. We'll have a few more later for you in the show, and we'll also have a steel report as well. Stay with us. Up next, the folks from Skynet Wireless and Kinetic Wireless in studio to talk about all things cellular and to take your calls. This is Vancouver Consumer on News Talk 980 CKNW. Sterling Fox with you on this very warm Saturday afternoon. It's going to be much warmer for the next couple of days, too, as we wrap up a pretty nice summer here on the west coast of Canada. Uh, in studio with me from not just Skynet Wireless, but also Kinetic Wireless, is Alan McKerney. Alan, welcome to Vancouver Consumer. Good to meet you. Oh, thanks for having me. Tell us about the two companies, because I thought, and when we were talking about you last week, next week you'll meet the folks from Skynet, I said. And as it turns out, it's Skynet and Kinetic. So explain the difference between the two. Yeah, so there's the, the two brands that operate. Skynet Wireless is the parent brand. They are the FIDO dealer. They're a FIDO exclusive dealer. Uh, Kinetic Wireless is the newer of the two brands. They are a Rogers authorized dealer. So through the two brands, we're able to sell both FIDO and Rogers product. Okay, and how many outlets or how do you do business? Do you have stores? Yeah, so there's 12 retail outlets for each brand. There's 12 Skynet stores and 12 Kinetic stores right now. Okay. And then there's also an outbound team selling business to business on the Kinetic side for Rogers as well. Okay, and are most of the uh, locations, the retail locations, here in Metro Vancouver, or are you province-wide? So as far as the FIDO locations, we go everywhere from Vancouver all the way out to Chilliwack in the Lower Mainland, and as well as on the island in Duncan and Nanaimo. Rogers, we range from Vancouver to Abbotsford, and as well as Duncan to Campbell River on the island. Okay, I'm, 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 I'm trying to, because there's a lot of, uh, of uh, secondary affiliation in the cellular world, and Rogers and Fido are somehow affiliated, aren't they? Correct. So yeah, Fido is the uh, basically the sub-brand of, it's a sub-brand of Rogers. Rogers was the original company. They right. bought out Fido back in the 2000s, 
And since then, they've been operating as two separate entities under the same parent company. Ah, okay. And uh, so, uh, and thus the reason for separating the two, uh, Skynet and the Kinetic operations then. Correct. Yeah. And one dealer did come uh, well before the other. Okay. I mentioned the new iPhone coming on September 12th. Alan and I were talking a little bit before uh, going on this afternoon, and he pulled out his iPhone and, and said, you know that uh, online secure banking that you do? I said, yes, I do it with TD, and I'm, I'm quite happy. Said, well, my iPhone has twice the security features that your bank and your online computer provider have. That's amazing. Yeah, well, it's true. I mean, the iPhone does have the 256-bit AES encryption. That is twice that of your average online banking. So security in these phones is phenomenal nowadays. And is the new phone, I mean, you've obviously done a little homework. It's only a matter of uh, 10 days away now. Uh, what, what can you tell us about what you know or what you, you've been told to expect? I know exactly what you know at this point. Okay. All we know is just rumors. We don't. They're find pretty any- good at keeping their cards close to their vest, aren't they? Correct. Yeah, we won't know anything until the date of the announcement, just like everybody else, unfortunately. Okay. Now, I did indicate here in in the stories that uh, the the popularity that uh, Apple's responsible for about fifteen percent of cellular uh, business, and Samsung twenty three percent of their new phones are expected literally any day now, right? So Samsung's new phone, they do have the the Note 8 coming out. They have announced that now, so that'll be out pretty quick as well here. So that's going to be another big flagship phone coming out to follow their S8 and their S8 Plus that came out earlier this year. Now, when uh, when you go to a, a company like Skynet and you want to uh, become a FIDO customer, uh, do you get to choose the phone that you want, or uh, do, if you uh, do, is the uh, piece of technology that you get determined, Alan, by the plan that you take instead? So it depends. You can get any phone on any plan. Uh, Higher-end plans generally do provide you a lower upfront cost on higher-end devices, whereas if you were to take a lower-end plan, you'd get a higher upfront cost on that higher-end higher device. Okay. However, you can get any phone with any plan. The industry is all about choice. You can get any phone you like with any type of plan you like, whether you want just calling and texting all the way up to these massive, massive amounts of data. But there's nothing but choice in this industry. Okay. And, I mean, I suppose there's still even a pay-and-talk element out there, too, isn't there? Definitely. There is a pay-and-talk option. Both Rogers and Fido do offer that. And then there is other sub-brands out there as well, like Chatter, that we also sell through Kinetic Wireless. Okay. Is there an advantage to being a pay-and-talk person versus having some kind of plan? Because it still has, it, it still has its followers, right? So pay and talk, it would be, it used to be ideal for those that had minimal usage. Whereas pay and talk nowadays, or pay as you go on the Rogers and Fido brand, it has gone to a point where there are plans on that as well. You don't just pay by the minute anymore. You get a pay as you go plan. So it's more geared towards those now that, for example, don't have the credit to get a regular plan. Right. Or maybe they're only going to be around for a month. They're visiting town. They only need it for one month. If you're going to be in town longer than that, whether you have your own phone or you want a new phone, it's definitely the best option to get a monthly plan. With the carriers nowadays, if you have your own phone and you bring your own phone to that carrier, you're not going to be locked into a contract regardless. You can cancel any time after that. Okay. And so uh, there has been some improvement in the way cell phone packages are presented in the marketplace. And it used to be, for example, there was a minimum three-year period. uh, And that's, that's gone. And it's been gone for a while now, hasn't it, Alan? Correct. Yeah, that's been gone for a couple of years now. There's no more three-year contracts in the consumer space. It's only the two-year agreements now. 
And are there shorter term than two years? Can you do a one year at a time thing if you want to just sort of dip a toe in the pool, so to speak? In British Columbia, you can either take a two-year term with a phone subsidy or you can go month to month, bring your own phone or buy a phone outright, and then you're not locked into any contract or agreement whatsoever. Okay. You mentioned something, too, that I'd like you to to explain because you, you just mentioned it almost as a headline. This December 1st, there's a new rule change coming from the CRTC regarding phone locking uh, capabilities or not. What, what's coming up? Yeah, so a couple of years ago, they got rid of the three-year contract. Right. They did away with that. They brought in the two-year contract. Now, this year on December 1st, the CRTC has decided that no phone sold by a carrier is going to be locked to any one carrier anymore. As of December 1st, all new phones sold will be sold unlocked. So at the end of your term, you'll be able to leave that carrier, go to a new carrier, free of charge, be able to use that carrier, no problem. Uh, and any phone that you already have will also be unlockable free of charge at that point. Ah. As opposed to right now, where if you do have a phone, 90 days into your agreement, you are allowed to have that phone unlocked through your carrier at a $50 charge ah. or a diff- different charge by different carrier, but it is generically $50. Okay. And that just disappears. The, the 50 buck charge just vanishes. Correct. Yes. Okay. A- and is there an advantage to the consumer? This is Vancouver consumer, Alan. So I'm looking for an angle here that is going to yeah. benefit us people who are going to be these users and maybe not be paying $50 unlocking fees. That already sounds attractive. It's not only the $50 unlocking fee. There's a huge advantage to the consumer, not only going from one carrier to another in Canada, but with this phone being unlocked, you'll be able to, if you travel, for example, you go down to England for a while. You can go to England, you can buy their SIM card, pop it into your phone. There's no more need to unlock it. This phone will work with any carrier as long as they support that antenna band. Okay. And and for for those of us who travel to the States uh, a a fair bit or Mexico, as is typical with a lot of British Columbians, this could prove to be a pretty valuable uh, feature then. Well, correct. So you can definitely get the plans locally there. It is kind of tedious, though, having to go down there, having to get a plan, if, unless you're going very, very frequently. Right. There is a lot of other options on the market right now for those that travel as far as being able to use your cell phone and stay connected. Okay. Uh, you're uh, a pretty young guy. You are the operations, uh, you're the field uh, operations supervisor for both uh, Kinetic Wireless and Skynet Wireless, a rising star in the cellular world, you might say. But you, as, uh, as I've been told, uh, as, uh, as an 11-year-old, bought your first phone, a flip phone. I used to have one of those. I was rather fond of mine. Uh, but you bought from the people you now work for. That's really cool. It's a great story. Correct. Yeah, it's, it's amazing to see how this technology has evolved in the past decade. We've gone from flip phones to, you know, computers that you carry around in your pocket all day in merely a decade. Right. And now it's back to school. And it's no accident. It is absolutely no accident at all that both Samsung and Apple are releasing brand new phone and other products at the back to school uh, part of the year. And this happens on an annual basis. So interestingly enough, what that Apple does generally do their launches every year in the back to school space. That's where they tend to stick. That's where they find their success. Samsung, however, only does their secondary phone launch. This is their note launch. It's their larger phone launch. Right. They do their primary launch in February or March following Mobile World Congress where they announce the new devices. That is their general flagship line that's announced earlier in the year, the Galaxy line, whereas the Note series is generally announced later in the year. Aha. And it's the Note series, of course. We, now, we've, we've followed that whole thing on this program very carefully. I've got, I've got a lot of files on this one because we, the, the, the batteries, the flaming battery phone from Samsung. So they've, uh, b- before releasing the Note 8, which is now a matter of days away, uh, they've, had, they've had this checked every way till Sunday. And in fact, we did this story last week, uh, had un- Underwriters laboratories come in and do a, a whole other independent test of their new battery technology, and everybody gave it the thumbs up. 
Yeah, so we've seen uh, our Samsung, they were able to show us quite a bit of information on that at the end of the day, and they showed us numerous, numerous tests that they had done on mm-hmm. the batteries to figure out what had gone wrong. When the Galaxy S8 came out, they went through and did a whole whole bunch of tests on those batteries as well. They wanted to make sure that there was going to be no issue, and it looks like they've done the same thing now going into the Note 8 launch. Exactly. as the, Well, of course, as they had to, uh, you know, the, and they, well, I, I read a quote from the from the CEO last week, you know, we stumbled, uh, but we learned from our mistake, and, you know, we're, it, we're just going to do our level best to make sure it never happens again, and that's all they can do. And, and in uh, the same story, we also did a, a, a very recent poll in which uh, 67% of respondents out of 1,000 people said they still had confidence in Samsung as a product maker, def- despite the, uh, the flammable battery episode from last year. So then, a- as a dealer, uh, you, you would have gone through all of that. How weird was that? It was an interesting scenario to be put into. The, the phones did have problems. There was nowhere near as many problems in Canada as there was elsewhere in the world. So we didn't have anybody that we had that specifically had any issues with their phone. However, the recall the first time and then the second round of recalls were quite a tedious process. I'll bet, yeah. In terms of being able to get all those phones back and having to replace all of those as well. What are the most popular phone models this summer? And Well, we're back to school starting in just a couple of days. Uh, Young people driving with mom and dad don't want to hear this information, right? This is really depressing. But nonetheless, school's coming back. uh, What's the most popular phone being taken to school this year? So it really depends on the market that you're trying to hit. iPhone has their own market. Apple has their own market. They're their own operating system. In the Android space right now, Samsung has their flagship. LG is doing very, very well this year as well. They've got a lot of new camera technology and a lot of new device technology that really appeals to kids. These kids have a lot of features in these cameras that they're going to be able to use to enhance their social media and enhance you know, the pictures they can take every day right. with these phones now. Okay. So, and that's, what, that's what's a real attraction for a lot of the younger consumers out there. They want toys with super uh, fast, clear, uh, capable cameras. Yeah. So whereas you, you might want just a phone, the average, consumer, the average younger consumer nowadays, they want a computer that can make the odd call. That's right, exactly. The phone, the phone function is so secondary to what the smartphone is nowadays, isn't it? Correct, yeah. So the, the text messaging is still very, very big in the space. However, there's a lot of internet-based applications that do that now as well. A lot of people use internet-based applications for their communication. So the computing and the data side of the business, the mobile internet, is definitely taking precedent over the calls and text portion of the business nowadays. Alan McKerney is in studio with us from uh, Kinetic Wireless and Skynet Wireless. Let's open up the phone lines before we take the news break. 604-280-9898. If you'd like to jump in on the conversation or have some questions, uh, well, you're most welcome to, uh, to join us. 604-280-9898. Back after the news. And welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. It's 2.35 in the afternoon sunshine. I'm Sterling Fox. Alan McKerney is with us. Mr. McKerney is uh, with both Kinetic Wireless and Skynet Wireless, and he is the field operations supervisor for both countries, uh, for both companies, rather, in this country. Oh, and by the way, he's going to jump on a ferry tomorrow morning and buzz off to Victoria for a few days. You're going to visit three universities over there. What are you going to take with you, and uh, what's the purpose of the mission? Just spread the word, get the product available to to, to young users? So, so in this market, we see with the, the Fido brand and the Rogers brand, there's a huge uplift around back to school, as you talked about before. There's huge uplift. A lot of parents and a lot of students are out looking for the newest devices to get them through the school year, be that you know smartphones, tablets. So we go over there, we spend a day at each university on site while they're doing their back to school festivals right. you know, with the product in hand to make sure that they have the connectivity, of, connectivity readily available for them. So you're taking a trunk load of gear with you then. What, uh, what brands uh, are you expecting to uh, see the most interest in, Alan? 
one. So, so these events are all representing the Fido brand. They're representing Skynet. So we do have quite a number of different devices. We have all the major brands represented, but we do find that you know a brand like LG, for example, has you know phenomenal price points right now for students for back to school. And Fido has some fantastic promotions on for back to school for the students right now. Right. Uh, as for and for a lot of parents who are listening right now, um, w- uh, trying desperately to keep up with what's going on, and of course, someone in their household is going, but 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 I just have to have one of these. Everybody's got one of these. What's uh, in terms of let's say secondary, not post secondary, but let's let's talk high school age students. What's hot right now, and and what's everybody got? So if I was to look at a secondary student, you'd probably be looking at a mid tiered device. Uh, right now, the LG space, uh, the LG G5 is a year-old device. It came out in 2016. Very hot device still. You've got dual cameras. You've got th- uh, So you've got a 13-megapixel camera as well as a wide-angle lens that can do 135-degree shots. Oh, okay. Panoramic shots. You've got a removable battery on that device still. It's one of the last devices with that functionality. Or you go up to the new LG G6, which does not have the removable battery, unfortunately. But you do get some water resistance. You get the same dual camera, and you get some phenomenal camera features. You get a selfie mode. You get a food mode specifically. You've got these phenomenal features that are very useful to these secondary students that want to, you know, run their social media day to day. And what's a typical price point for? Again, uh, I hope you're sitting down here, mom and dad. What's the typical price point, Alan? So th- that's an interesting question. The typical price point for the phone is it's very set in stone. However, the subsidized cost on the agreements and on the plans that these kids are on is what makes the difference there. Okay. So the different plans equal the different price points. For example, right now, you can get a plan as low as $75 or 3 gigabytes of data and get the LG G5 for 100 bucks. Okay. Okay. That's, that's, that's not very scary, especially when we're, as we're talking about this new iPhone that's coming out on the 12th of this month. That's going to be about 1,000 Canadian, over 800 U.S., they're saying. I, I'm, that's the number I've heard in advance anyway. So 100 bucks to get into a, a decent brand new phone is, by comparison, pretty darn attractive. And that would be the subsidized price on the agreement, whereas with the iPhone, we, we do expect you know the $1,000 plus price point. That's pretty typical for Apple at this point. Sure. Whereas that, plan, that phone on a higher end plan, rather than a $75 plan, for that same plan, you'll be spending $90 for the exact same features in the plan, and the phone will still be $500 up front. Ah, okay. So there's the big difference there. You save $15 a month and 400 of those $500 up front and get that phone instead. Okay, we had a couple of callers on the line. They fell off during the news. That happens. 604-280-9898. If you want to jump on in on this conversation with Alan McCurdy from Kinetic Wireless and Skynet Wireless, all matters cellular options. Uh, you, you talk about uh, when you're taking your, you're going to spend a day each at uh, three Victoria area universities uh, in, the, in the first uh, part of next week, Alan, uh, and the buzz is going to be the options available to these consumers, correct? Correct, yeah. So a lot of these students will already have their own phones. They're just going to be looking for plans. They're going to be looking for connectivity for the devices they already have. Or we have the options for different plans as well with new devices. We're going to have everything in terms of the device mix is there all the different options, as well as just some great plans available for these students with the promotions that Fido has going on right now. Okay. Uh, and you talked also about a credit card, and you flashed me your MasterCard <laughs> from, uh, from the wireless store. Now, tell me about that. So that's another new Rogers and Fido venture. Uh, Rogers has just recently created Rogers Bank. So Rogers and Fido are both offering credit cards now. Yeah, they're selling them out of the retail stores. They're also offering them for online application. So with these cards, you're getting some phenomenal benefits. The Rogers and Fido card are slightly different. Uh, The Rogers one, for example, comes with 1.75% cash back when you're spending in Canada 
And if you leave the country or you shop online in a foreign currency, you're going to get four percent cash back. Okay, I, I'm not sure about you, but I don't know. I don't have any other credit card in my wallet that does that. I do not either. That's not bad. Not a bad feature at all. And how new is this? This has been out for about a year and a half now. Okay. The the Fido card is newer than the Rogers card, so the Fido card is about a year now. The Rogers card's going on two years now. They've been very popular, but they've been gaining popularity recently with marketing campaigns. They've been reaching Canada wide. They've been gaining popularity very quickly now. I wanted to ask you because, uh, and we're talking back to school, and we're talking gadgets and gizmos, and and uh, and uh, the apoplectic parents looking at their bank accounts by the hour, going, "Oh, I don't, are we going to make it through this one?" But let's talk about some of the other devices because you were saying earlier with your smartphone that you have uh, better encryption security technology than my bank which is a little odd, but I believe you. So how about laptops and tablets and all of those other devices that up until quite recently have become pretty standard fare? You pretty much can't go to post-secondary anywhere without a laptop or certainly without a tablet. Is that still the case? I definitely believe it is, yeah. With with Rogers and Fido selling their product, we definitely also have tablet options for students sure. and for families as well. We have uh, tablet options with data. So you don't even have to be in a Wi-Fi hotspot to use the internet on your tablet. Your tablet will function just like a computer. You can use your mobile data to do that from anywhere. Okay, you so don't have that's, to, that's the connectivity stuff that these university students are going to be asking you about in Victoria the next few days because some of them will have a secondary device like a tablet that they can use, hook it into their phone plan. Correct, yes. Okay, so is that fairly commonplace now? It is nowadays, yeah. A lot of people do have these tablets. They're very functional. Back in the day, people would go and sit at a Starbucks or Tim Hortons with their laptop. You don't necessarily have to do that anymore. You can take your tablet, you can put a SIM card in it from a carrier, and now you can be out anywhere. You can be sitting on a park bench and writing a report, sending off your emails. Is there any danger of, of any of this technology being uh, rendered redundant? I mean, is, is, there a, is there a disappearing, is there a time limit to some of these devices? I'm thinking laptops are still convenient because of the size of the screen and the memory capacity. What's the difference now between a typical laptop memory capacity and that spiffy new smart, smartphone you just showed off to me a few minutes ago? Probably not a lot anymore, right? So it really depends on the product, but I remember three, four years ago, I got a laptop with three gigabytes of RAM and you know 128 gigabytes of hard drive, whereas a new Samsung smartphone nowadays, you can get it up anywhere from 64 gigabytes of memory with expandable memory on there through a memory card, and it's got four gigabytes of RAM. This new Samsung smartphone for the S8, the Note 8 has even more than that. Right. There is more RAM memory on this phone than there was in the laptop I bought three years ago. That's amazing. So is it, uh, is it possible that at some point the laptop is just simply going to become, um, uh, I, was, I don't say useless, but unnecessary and cumbersome because it's the largest of the portable devices? So that really depends on the industry you're in. Every one of these devices serves a purpose from desktop computers to laptops to tablets to smartphones. Everybody uses a smartphone for connectivity nowadays. You can do a lot of things on the go with that. But I wouldn't want to sit down and write an entire report off of my, la- off of my smartphone, for example. I, I want my laptop either. so I had the full keyboard. That's right. You can do that with a tablet, too, by carrying around different accessories. The tablet's a little bit more convenient, but the laptop is definitely the, the go-to option still nowadays. Okay. Let's uh, include some callers as we go forward. Ron and Burnaby, hello. Hiya. Uh, anyways, uh, I'm uh, one of those uh, flip phone guys. Oh, okay. All right. Alan was, too, right. once upon a time, and so was I. Uh, well, I've gone from... Uh, a Nokia flip phone with Fido uh, to uh, a uh, LG flip phone. Okay. 
that did not come with a manual, and according to the CRTC, uh, they're not they're required to provide one. So uh, guess what? I get to use about 30% of my phone. Have you got... If I I switch to one of these new phones, the LG or the Samsung or whatever it is you guys are uh, promoting, um, am I going to get a printed manual or do I have to buy the internet? Ah, oh, so you don't have access to the internet right now. Is that the problem, Ron? Uh, well, no. The problem is uh, I do have access, but uh, I can go down to Burnaby uh, Public Library, and it will cost me one hundred and ninety-six dollars, a dollar a page, to get my manual printed out. Okay. Well, let's uh, turn this over to the pro here, Alan. Uh, what's the story? What's going on? So, as far as the new phones that are out nowadays, they all come with quick start guides. They come with the tips and tricks you need to get the phone going. Right. And then under the settings pages in the phone, they actually include a digital manual that's already downloaded for you. So, anytime you need to find any of these tips and tricks you need or any of these settings you want to change, there's actually a digital version of your user, of your user manual on, on the, the phone, phone already. Did you know that, Ron? Um, well, actually, uh, I actually was dragged into wind twice under false pretenses, and they we're going to show me how to use my phone, and the managers at the stores didn't know what the heck was going on. Oh, well, I, then you need to go somewhere where you can find someone who will take the time to show you how to, to use the phone. Because you're right, uh, I got a new phone uh, for Christmas, actually, earlier this year, and all it had, I'm old school like Ron, I look for the manual, you look for the written thing, and all it had was what you just said, that little startup book. Here's Now get going, do this, this, and this, and bing, you're up and gone. And, and so there was no manual, and then it was made abundantly clear to me by those who had given me the phone, no, no the manual is in your phone. So then you just have to learn how to access it, right? At the end of the day, though, with these new phones, they come with so many features. This user manual will be 180 pages exactly. long. Right, and, right. and the box is only you know six inches long by three inches wide. Right. You wouldn't be able to read it if it was in there. Right. Okay. So in Ron's case, you just need, he, again, just needs to have someone who knows what the heck they're talking about, Alan, sit down and hold his hand, and walk him through the ABCs of now, of, of, of 2017 smartphone technology, which for many of us is quite a catch-up job. You know, it's a lot of catching up. A lot. There is a whole generation now who's grown up with smartphones and devices. For, um, and, and our conundrum with manuals and stuff is actually laughable to many of them. Oh, come on! It, it, but it's different if you didn't grow up with this. And so catching up is is difficult and ron in your case you just need to find somebody patient enough to take an afternoon and that's all it will take to teach you how to properly use your phone and he's right flip phones are still made aren't they they are yes there is a couple of manufacturers that still do make flip phones we still sell them every once in a while i know and and there's is there a particular crowd that is drawn to that like you were when you were a kid or is there what, what's the flip phone user like typically in your stores so when i was a kid the flip phone was the only option available well, that's true of course <laughs> was, yeah there is high-end flip phones and low-end flip phones right nowadays right. the the flip phone is very common with the emergency use only caller but we find that people aren't buying these new flip phones. They're taking the hand-me-down smartphone from their child nowadays. Right. It's, it's an older crowd, and they're taking it from their son or daughter. They're taking their hand-me-down smartphone. Okay. I uh, wanted to ask a little bit more about back-to-school and, and connectivity, period, because that's, that's the key uh, in, in so many academic situations, the ability to access resources. Talk to us about connectivity and, and, and what to expect this fall. 
So as far as the connectivity goes with phones and tablets, Mm -hmm. in universities nowadays, a lot of people aren't buying physical textbooks. They're buying digital textbooks on their tablets now. So would it be more convenient if you had a data plan on your tablet? You could be anywhere you could be in the passenger seat of a car, and all of a sudden you can access your digital textbooks. You can access your assignments online. Everything is going digital now. A lot of the world is digital. A lot of the university world is digital. Interesting. You can access all of this through not only your phone. You can use your tablet. You can use your laptop. I don't know if you want to carry your laptop around, though, and use it everywhere. Right, right. I was talking to a mom this morning whose daughter is starting KPU in Richmond in a new program, and uh, she uh, was complaining about the textbooks haven't arrived yet. Everything's late, so it's all going to be a real crush at the bookstore. Would uh, a digital textbook, Alan, be less expensive than the physical, heavy-to-carry kind that we're accustomed to? Correct, yeah. So the textbooks are generally cheaper. They're slightly cheaper. You can buy them through many online bookstores. There's many available on there. And then once you get a tablet, you can have 10 classes worth of textbooks stored on that tablet. And the best part is, years down the road, all of those digital books are still on that tablet. You can go back and reference all of these without having three shelves in your house full of nothing but textbooks you've never looked at. Exactly. And of course, the, typically the, what you try to do at the end of your school year is uh, keep, the, keep the books in decent enough shape that you can resell them to somebody and, and get some of that money back. And you, don't, you wouldn't need to do that with digital books because A, you probably want to keep them, and B, it didn't, they didn't cost you that much in the first place. Correct. Yeah, the digital book publishing cost is significantly lower than publishing this massive book and shipping it. There's a significantly lower cost producing it. Therefore, they sell for less money as well. Sure, exactly. Uh, as far as I wanted to ask you very, very quickly, we don't have a lot of time left, but I wanted to ask you about traveling. And you talked about this earlier and roaming. If we have a cellular package here in Canada and we travel to other parts of the world, how much extra should we plan on being dinged before we go to pay for that ability to, to stay connected while we're far away? So that very much depends on the plan that you have and the carrier that you're with. With Rogers and Fido, though, on all Rogers Share Everything plans, all Rogers Talk and Text plans, all Fido Pulse plans, and all Fido Talk and Text plans, you get Roam Like Home or Fido Roam. Right. So you can go down to the United States, for example, and use your phone with your calling, texting, and your cellular data for $6 a day, and then that caps at 10 days. So if you're down for a full month, this goes on your billing cycle, you're going to get charged $60 to use your calls, texts, and cellular data the full extent of your plan. That's not bad. And with that as well, it's we cheaper run than buying a burner phone and throwing it away after your, your little vacation down there, isn't it? For sure. Actually, on my last trip to Mexico, I realized the best part of this. It's $10 a day in Mexico, for example, to do this. And when I was down there, it runs on a 24-hour clock. So when you arrive, when you use your phone, you start the 24-hour clock when you start using your phone. If you don't use your phone after that 24 hours, it doesn't start again until you use it again. Right. So okay. I used it for eight days. And I only got dinged for five because of the way the 24-hour period structured. Interesting stuff. So lots of advantages. It's worth uh, doing a little homework before taking that next trip to uh, get the, the best bang for the buck, quite literally, isn't it? For sure, yeah. A lot of people are in the habit of going down and picking up burner phones in the country they're going to. Yeah. Not only is that tedious, but in a lot of places, there's a severe language barrier. Mm-hmm. So being able to take your own phone with you, have your own phone number, and being able to communicate with not only those around you, but those back home is a significant advantage. Because with these plans, with this Roam Like Home and Fido Roam, you not only get to use your phone in the country you're in, you get to communicate back to Canada for free as well. Interesting stuff. Good stuff. Uh, great information here, Alan. Thanks so much for coming in this afternoon. Enjoy your time over in Victoria. I know you're going to be working, and it's probably going to be pretty busy. You have opening day of school for three universities. You're going to be uh, you're going to be a very busy, probably very popular guy because that's one booth that everyone's want to stop by and say hi and find out what you're up to, right? Uh, we hope so.
<laughs> well, a considerable success to you. Thanks for coming in, and uh, we should do this again. Uh, we appreciate the information. We're now as up to speed as possible uh, a couple of days before the return to school. Courtesy of you, sir. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Alan McCurney from, uh, well, it's uh, two companies, not just one. We were talking about the folks from Skynet. In fact, it's Skynet Wireless and Kinetic Wireless. Both have websites, skynetwireless.com, kineticwireless.com, for uh, Rogers and for Fido uh, customers alike. Alan, thanks. Thank you so much. Enjoy your trip to Victoria. We're back with more after this. And once again, our thanks to Alan McCurney from Skynet Wireless and Kinetic Wireless for a very informative visit. Next week, we'll have a market real estate update from the folks at 1% Realty. Time now for the Steel Report. And today, Linda talks about, da-da, the return of the pumpkin spice latte. I'm Linda Steele, and this is your Steele Report. The sun is shining and it still feels like summer, but the pumpkin spice latte is back at Starbucks. And while most of us scratch our heads and think that Starbucks is really trying to push it this year, because of the heat wave we've been having, they're actually right on schedule. A year like we're having right now with this crazy heat, um, our our pumpkin fields are almost all 100% orange right now, so... Technically, they could be harvested right now. Lucas Hogler is a farmer at Richmond Country Farms, where they've been growing pumpkins for 30 years. He says they usually try to time their pumpkin harvest for early October. This year, uh, everything's just about uh, two weeks to uh, a month early. We started planting the pumpkins right when, uh, you know, uh, all that rain stopped. And we I don't even think the pumpkin's seen more than a day of rain. With that kind of uh, stress on them, they produce a little bit of le- a little less yield, but uh, they color up and mature faster. So it turns out it could actually be feasible for pumpkin spice lattes to be ordered at Starbucks right now. <laughs> sort of, but it's not on purpose. I'm Linda Steele, and that's your Steele Report. Thank you, Linda. Steele and Drex, weekdays 2 to 6 on News Talk 980 CKNW. A couple more consumer quickies before we go. You'd think they'd be better prepared, but McEwen University in Edmonton has been defrauded of $11.8 million in a so-called phishing attack. The university says workers were fooled by a series of fake emails asking them to change electronic banking information for one of the school's major vendors. The change resulted in the transfer of nearly $12 million into a bank account staff thought belonged to a vendor. But on Wednesday, officials found out they had been scammed. A university spokesman says most of the funds have been traced to accounts in Canada and Hong Kong. The university has conducted an interim audit of business processes and controls were put in place to prevent further incidents. The university's computer systems have not been compromised, but a preliminary assessment has determined that controls around the process of changing vendor banking information were obviously inadequate, and a number of opportunities to identify the fraud were also missed. There's never a good time for something like this to happen, but as our students come back to start the new academic year, we want to assure them and the community that our IT systems were not compromised during this incident. McEwen said in a news release, personal and financial information and all transactions made with the university are secure. We also want to emphasize we're working to ensure this will not uh, happen again. They've informed the Ministry of Education, the Auditor General of Alberta, and of course, the police are on the case as well. 
After many years of giving away billions in taxpayer dollar grants to Bombardier, this story is what many Canadian taxpayers were worried about right from the start. Bombardier says it has to restore its credibility as a rail transportation leader after being shot out of a $3.2 billion U.S. contract to supply subway cars in New York City because of past delivery delays. The Montreal-based company said it learned last week that its bid submitted to the New York Metropolitan Transportation Authority in December won't make it to the final round. In a letter sent to employees, the president of Bombardier Transportation America Division said the manufacturer's poor performance that caused a nearly 24-month delay in delivering a current order for 300 subway cars sealed the fate of that bid. And he went on to add, our client's decision demonstrates the market is no longer willing to accept delays in performance and suffer the impact of our shortcomings. This is a serious warning shot, and we must respond to it in accordance with our promises of delivery time and without excuses. The New York Transit Authority has nothing to say because the procurement has yet to be awarded. Its decision follows Bombardier's problems in delivering a prototype light rail car and streetcars that have soured relations with Toronto transit people as well. And the Ontario Provincial Transit Agency, Metrolink, has excluded Bombardier and three other firms from bidding to continue operating Go Transit suburban trains. Bombardier is asking the courts, the courts rather, to review that decision, uh, but they are saying eventually, analysts rather, saying eventually you're allowed to compete because the reality is there are only so many competitors out there and it's probably not a good idea to keep one of your potential bidders out of the running. Still, not good news for those millions of Canadians who are quite resentful of their tax dollars going to pop up a company that just can't quite seem to get its act together. That is our show for this week, produced by Ben Dooley. Matt Hyland is at the controls. I'm Sterling Fox. We're back again next Saturday at 2 with another edition of Vancouver Consumer. Hope you'll be with us on News Talk 980 CKNW. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.